Do you believe that your thoughts contribute to the reality you are experiencing? Do you feel that your thoughts are separate and what you think doesn't affect your reality? Well, today's episode, and it's a celebration because it's episode 50, is with Stephanie Lefevre. Stephanie has been a mindset and happiness coach for over really 20 years. She's practicing the art of how we can cultivate thoughts that are correlated with the reality we are interested in creating. Our thoughts are way more powerful than we've ever been led to believe. So today we're going to be talking about the power of your thoughts, their key in creating your reality, what we can do to overcome our limiting beliefs, how complaining stands in the way of getting what you want, and rewiring our brains for positivity, and a little bit about our soul contracts and how they apply to our lives. So I'm so excited to welcome you into episode 50. And if you want to learn more about what's going on in the world of mystical sisterhood, you can go ahead and sign up for my newsletter. It's within the show notes. You can either do that um, with the link in the show notes or by going to MaureenSpielman.com and subscribing to our newsletter. It'll have information about what's coming up in terms of programming, uh, courses that are being offered, and all sorts of goodness related to both my guests and my own personal work. So welcome. Let's go have fun in this episode. Hey there, welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. I started this show to highlight the intuitives, healers, and other courageous women that I've met along my journey and continue to meet. Through amazing interviews, I seek to ask insightful questions to uncover ways in which you, the listener, can apply the wisdom and knowledge to your own life. I believe that we're all in this together, so sharing healing and joy and bringing community together is both my passion and purpose. If you'd like to learn more about the Mystical Sisterhood community I'm building, please visit www.mysticalsisterhood.com. See you in the episode. Hello and welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. And today it is my distinct pleasure to be sitting with Stephanie Lefevre, who happens to be less than a mile away from me in her own home in my community And we met a few years ago when you moved to town. Uh, Stephanie is a happiness and mindset coach. She has been in the business and I've got some questions about that longer than most coaches you know. I'm I'm thinking that Stephanie really got into the field before it was this really blossoming field. So you've seen it as you've gone along in your own practice. You've coached individuals and groups uh, all over the world. Uh, You've spoken on some really big stages and you've written a book and that is You Are a Badass Mom, which is just a really great title. Mm -hmm. Um, You're the creator of many, many different groups, which we can talk about too. But um, I said to you when we were setting the intention that you're a person that I look to that is spreading your messages and your purpose and your work in the world and you're doing the commitment to your own practices in your daily life, probably pretty much moment by moment. 
And so let's just jump in there. Um, welcome. And I ha had a question about, you know, how you first got into the coaching industry before it was like it is now, but I don't know, where does it feel right for you to start, Stephanie? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I got into the coaching industry through my own life experience and through my desire to figure life out, you know? Um, and I'm a natural person that like loved to teach what I was learning. So in my twenties, when I first discovered personal growth and, um, self-expansion and like A Course in Miracles and Taoism and Wayne Dyer and all of that goodness that was out there, I was like consuming it and had to teach it in order to bring it to another level, you know, learn and teach and then learn and then teach. So I wasn't a coach back then, yeah. but I was coaching anyone that would listen. And it's so funny because I saw my brother sent me a card that I wrote to him when he graduated high school. So I was like a sophomore in college and the card that I wrote to him. So I must've been 20. Like I was young when I went to college, I must've been 20 at the time. And the card I wrote to him was like, you know, believe in yourself. Like you can be and do and have anything you want in life. And this step of graduating high school, like I'm so proud of you and you are meant for great things. And you, and I was reading it going, oh my God, I was 20. It was when I was just launching into this stuff. But I, I know that that was there, like that rock was there. And I was trying to like discover it and figure it out and break it open and play with it. But like, that was there. I was shocked to see that, but I think the people closest to me mm -hmm. aren't surprised because that seed was always planted. Mm, I love that. You know, I noticed on your website too, that you said something like, I've always been a happiness coach or something yeah. along. What did you mean by that? Yeah. I mean, that's the, similar to what I was just saying. Like, I've always been a happiness coach. That seed was always planted. And much to my family or best friend's dismay, because, you know, they'd be like, oh, here she comes again. You know, like yeah. I would say my, you know, <laughs> everyone agrees that I've always been a happiness coach, except maybe my sisters, but they're my best clients, you know, <laughs> like, um, because I think I was always driving to find out what happiness was for myself, yeah. you know, like, what does it look like? So I was hiking up a mountain of happiness and coaching other people along the way. Like mm. you don't come to happiness coaching by having a perfectly happy life. Mm. You come to happiness coaching because you've endured a lot. You've been through a lot of trauma. You've experienced a lot of hardship. And so you've hiked up a really grueling mountain of mm. happiness that's really steep. That's got a lot of wind and hail and that's dark and you're yeah. alone a lot. And that's how you get up the mountain um, because you've had to, you got lost along the way too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason people are attracted to you because you're always telling that the more vulnerable side of things, the real side of life, alongside the messages of you really can have it all. And so I hear you saying that where you came from and the experiences you had when you were younger were hard mm -hmm. and it was really pulling yourself from those places and learning new ways, new tools to implement, just to use with yourself. So you could, was it to feel a different way? Yeah. I mean, you're so right. You can have it all, even coming from a broken family, you can have it all with a, a 
father who's an addict. You can have it all with a negative husband. You can have it all with, you know, kids going through challenges. You can have it all with um, no money. Like you can figure it out even amongst the big, hard challenges in life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I appreciate when any of my mentors or coaches are not only very real about life challenges, but show me how to get to the other side of them, but also apply them to right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want any coaches that like don't have any struggles in life yeah. because life's still going to happen. You know, our Mm -hmm. our kids still going to have a hard time at school. We're still going to have a neighbor that gets mad at us for parking our car the wrong way. We're still going to have a dispute among in-laws or something, right? Yes. Yes. That's life. Like we signed up for it. So I'm talking about all of that because Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to live life without any of that. I'm trying to embrace it all. Like love it all. Find even the gifts in it all. And Mm -hmm. to a point where you're like, bring it on. Yes. 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 Can be ready for and pull out my tools and use because yeah, I think my proudest thing is like creating for myself the toolkit that I need in order to Mm -hmm. hike up the mountain Mm -hmm. and keeping those tools sharp. And like you said, using them every day in different ways. Oh, there was a board meeting about schools and the schools are closing. What tools do I have for that? You know, oh, there's a teacher that like really doesn't get my kid and it's creating a lot of hard times. What's my tool for that? Oh, husband's really worried about money and he's spiraling out of control. What's my tool for that? Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling really overwhelmed running a business and managing my household. What's my tool for that? Like the toolkit is, is the the really powerful thing is like having that foundation of a toolkit mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and having it sharp and ready because right. yeah, you can't find a tool and use it once and expect to be good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't learn how to play the guitar one day and be expect to be good at it. No. After a no. hundred days of playing guitar, yes. it's a lot better. Yep. You can't learn a language and speak one word and expect to be good at it. After a hundred days of practicing a language, you'll be good. So using that toolkit all the time, keeping all these things sharp. Yeah. What really, really helps you to get challenge solution, challenge solution, challenge solution, like getting that as small as possible. I thought of it one time was sharing with my, the ladies in my inner circle, like it's the game of shoots and ladders, you know, (laughs) If if you're my age, you get the game of shoots and ladders. And you're not trying to have, you know, no ladders, no climbing up, no work and only shoots, mm-hmm. but you want the ladders and the shoots to be shorter and shorter and shorter so yeah. that like, when you fall down, you can climb back up quick. You can climb back up quick. So yes. making well, ladders. Yeah. I, I love what you're saying. It's so valuable because what it reminds me of is how we really get no training when we're young. So we're, mm-hmm. we're trained, we're conditioned to know that if we study the Spanish for a hundred days, we will achieve it, but no one's telling us mm-hmm. there's this whole area, which is really most of our lives that we, there are things out there we can do, which are being uncovered more and more every day, uh, but that they're there for us to practice and use. And I think your point to saying it like it is like, Stephanie saying, oh, I was triggered in traffic. And then what did I do? It's not like you're sitting on a mountaintop, like with the, you know, Mm -hmm. namaste, like, oh, 
No, you get someone cut you off or, you know, something didn't happen the way you thought it was going to go. So there's so many lessons in this, but Mm -hmm. I think that that's a big takeaway is, Hey, we're not expected to know this at all. So when I was preparing just for today and thinking about, you know, looking at your body of work and, and going further back and thinking about those authors that lit you up at first, that's, that's how it sort of begins. Right. And someone's got to be the first person Mm -hmm. to light that fire. And even if it's saying, this is how I was triggered last week. And someone says, what'd you say? You know, or it's saying the universe Mm -hmm. really supported me. And someone said, what'd you say? You know, it it really, that's how it begins. So yeah. And it's usually in small incremental changes of that, of what'd you say, what'd you say? And like leaning into that because Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like I was trying to, I'm writing my second book right now. And I was trying to pinpoint like the hero's journey, like the moment when, and like, I can say, oh, it was reading a return to love by Marianne Williamson in 1992 is what really opened me up to all this, but it wasn't like, oh, the door was closed and then it was open. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, that book and then that book and then that little self-acceptance and then that little ceremony and then it led to that book and then it led to that you know um meeting with more people that were into that you know one degree shift after one degree shift after one degree shift and you start experiencing a completely different trajectory right Yeah. yeah but um but yeah it's all of those little what'd you say and oh I heard that I heard that three times. So now I'm going to follow that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. The, I, I know there's a, a themes um, that are your guiding. Who would you say have been your biggest teachers? Um, I would say Neil Donald Walsh and his books of conversations with God. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with him many times now. I was on a board with him and um, he is definitely like resonates with my soul. And what and yeah. I was going to say, what was so profound about those books? Well, it's funny. I had a lot of resistance to them before I first read them in my like late twenties because they had the word God in them and I wasn't mm-hmm. religious and I was very anti-religion. And then the first time I heard them, I listened to it on cassette tape. A friend loaned them to me <laughs> on cassette tape on my walkman. I was flying to Colorado um, to visit a friend and I pressed play and everything that it said in Conversations with God, book one, about spirituality and about yeah. you know, it's non-denominational and about like our soul's journey. I was going, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. So mm-hmm. it just so resonated with my soul. I yeah. never heard anything like that in church or religion or anywhere from anyone until I listened to that cassette. Yes. Well, I'm going to insert something before you go to your next teacher, because mm-hmm. When I went through my health journey, that's what I call it, five years ago, you gave me conversations with God. And I was still at that point, um, my relationship with God, my religion, what I had grown up with, I had largely put Catholicism to the side, but me and that word God were not really jiving, you know? So I, I looked at it and like you said, I didn't really get it. It couldn't translate for me. So recently, and this is what I love about all these books, because I tend to pick them up too. Uh, And I'll pick them up 
two weeks, two months, two years later, and I'll be like, I read this and it will yeah. speak to my heart and soul again. So recently my son was moving into an apartment up in Madison and my dad, a few years back had given us two shorter bookcases. And I said, Hey, Ben, do you want to take one of these bookcases? Sure, mom. And it was down here in the basement. And I took the books off it and conversations with God, like flies out. And flies out. And I said, oh, and because I've healed my relationship with the word God and no longer do I see any of those really uh, words in a dualistic sense anymore. It's more about oneness. So then I could read it now. Really, it's mm-hmm. four, it's probably five years later. So thank you. Oh, and it gross. isn't. Th- and that's like <laughs> it's such a good example of literally a book flying off yeah, the shelf. Yeah. That's so funny. I don't even remember giving you that book. Yes. Yes. Was it book one or was it a different one? I think, I think it was a different one. It might even be back here. It Um, was probably what God wants or the, uh, the one about change. This one back here is home with God Uh and a life and a life. It's right here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. So, Mm -hmm. but that was that seed, but that was also there for me to then this many years later Mm -hmm. discern because I remember my good friend Alicia asking me in an Akashic records class, it was Mm -hmm. the same question. What's your relationship with God, a higher power source, whatever you call it. And I'm like, I don't have any. And so, you know, it's like to be Mm -hmm. compassionate when any of us and your students and, you know, people I coach when, when a question is posed and you don't yet have the answer, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. It's mm-hmm. where you are. That's perfect yes. for where you are. Yeah. So it's so good. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. I had the yeah. same experience with Eckhart Tolle's work when it was first introduced to me. I was like on cassette tape back then when I first, I was like, he talks so slow. Mm-hmm. How can anybody understand this? It makes no sense. What is he talking about? Yeah. And later coming to it, it was like dropped in, downloaded, loved it all. And it was the same book, you know, mm-hmm. but years mm-hmm. later just really resonated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, and then who else would you say? Well, Byron Katie is definitely mm-hmm. one of the biggest teachers and mentors because I found her work 20 years ago and got so, it so taught me how to turn my thoughts around. It's like uh-huh. really psychoanalysis. Like you can look at your thoughts and you can work on it and change your thinking and change your perspective and change your reality just from looking at thought in such a powerful and profound way. So I went down the rabbit hole and I got trained as a facilitator in that. So I was like, this can do this for me. I want to go as deep in it as I can and be able to help other people with it. So um, her work is like the work for me. I love that. Um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love Marianne Williamson and her interpretations of A Course in Miracles and her first book, A Return to Love. I just Mm. was the first book that ever that taught me about love and forgiveness and to look at life from more of a soul perspective. It was like a huge awakening for me because I was like, what? People are talking about this. People are doing this actively. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really love Mike Dooley because he was my first sort of law of attraction teacher, coach, mm-hmm. personal mm-hmm. coach, like each of those people I've studied under and, you know, met and done work with personally. They're not just authors in my life, but authors yes. 
just authors in your life can do that. But um, I've developed even a closer, more personal relationship with their work than just their books. But yeah. I love that. Okay. So then as you were going along your journey and kind of like getting into a lot of the work that you do and uh, provide to people, okay, so this idea that our thoughts become things, can we just start there and talk about our thoughts as vibrations and how, like, what is the kind of the sciency or the foundation of the thought that we create our reality with our thoughts? I mean, quantum physics can be studied and, and says that what you focus on, you create more of, you know, in science, mm-hmm. there's the observer effect, what the observer is thinking and expecting most likely that observer creates. So, you know, science backs, spirituality now more than ever before right Mm -hmm. yes the fact that it's not on the cover of every newspaper and magazine is shocking to me because it is so proven Mm -hmm. that our not just our thoughts our thoughts our feelings our beliefs our stories all of those things attract and create more so our thoughts create our reality you know yeah. In, in its basic form, it is what we think about. We place orders for mm-hmm. we when we think we energetically align with the things that we're thinking. Yeah. And so in my world of this and in my interpretation of this, our thought puts out an order and our feelings attract it back in. Okay. That's a, and I like so, that. you know, yeah. yes, we are, we are thinking and feeling and thinking and feeling, and that can get confused because, um, I was just at uh tennis the other day and this girl on my tennis team said, okay, Stephanie, like I need your, <laughs> I need your coaching help. And I was like, oh yeah, what? I mean, we're just like running around doing a drill and she goes, you know, I, I, I need to find a way to manifest, you know, some more wins in my game. Like, and I didn't know this, but she'd had, I sort of knew, but I didn't know the whole head, but she'd had a series of losses. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, what, you know, like, I love it when people ask me advice, you know, I'm like, okay, great. What, what, what can I do? And she was like, she was like, I need your coaching around, you know, my tennis game. And I said, well, in its simplest form, what you bring to your game, you'll get out of your game. Right. Mm -hmm. And she goes, okay, yeah, yeah. And then she goes, but, you know, I have a winning mindset. And I was like, oh, yes, yes. Here's the thing about our thoughts become things. You can't just have a winning mindset. Mm -hmm. You can't just think your way out of your feelings and your story, your story. If the story that you're bringing is, I lose no matter what happens. I lose (laughs) can't have a winning mindset. You can't out mindset your story. So that's why that's that the it's yes. All the things, your thoughts, your words, your your stories, your beliefs, all of that creates. And we can't just outthink something. Thinking helps, you know, having Mm -hmm. a winning mindset helps. But, but what I helped her get to um, in a very simple conversation, but what I was, and I was thinking about this later and I was like teaching it to my inner circle ladies afterwards going, Hey, this is a great thing that applied today to tennis. And here's how you can apply it to life. Um, 
you know, what you, what you need to do there is you got to change your story. Yeah. So instead of just, I think we oversimplify manifesting mm. and when we go, Oh, our thoughts become things because she's like, my thoughts are unwinning. I go and I think I'm going to win. But the story that she's carrying with her to that game is all the times I've lost. Holy shit. It better not happen again. I've lost. Yeah. I've lost. I've lost. I've lost. I have six losses and no matter what um, court I play on, even if I play people who I'm better than, I still lose. You're carrying that story. You can't outthink it. So what I teach is yeah. you got to change that story. Okay. And so what I said to her when she was like, oh, I have a winning mindset. And I was like, oh, okay. You have a winning mindset, but your story is mm. I keep losing. I said, what you got to do is you got to focus on your wins. Mm-hmm. So it's easy in tennis, you know, there's game and then set and then match, right? So how many games did you win? How many sets did you win? How many points did you win yourself? How many shots did you take that were awesome? Focus on that. Mm-hmm. That okay. will get you to win more games because right now you're focusing on your losses. Even though there's all these wins, you're mm-hmm. focusing on your losses. So you're bringing mm-hmm. losses to the game. Yeah, it feels like yeah. it's, um, yeah. and it feels like it's to do with, the energy of it too. Um, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about how you had put like the top three things people do to get in their way of manifesting. They say like, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I'm trying to manifest or I, I, I am, I'm doing it. I'm doing all the things. And the one that stood out to me was complaining and oh, no. tell me about complaining. And I mean, it is, if there's no one thing that's stopping people from getting what they want, it's complaining because complaining has the energy of lack. It's a thought about what you don't want. It has an energy that you don't want. It it doesn't align you with what you want. It aligns you with what you don't want. Yeah. So every time we complain, even if it's just we're complaining because it's it's the more comfortable thing to do. Oh, the weather on Halloween, it was so rainy or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're in a vibration and alignment with things that we don't want. Mm-hmm. So Stopping complaining is the number one thing because we can't, you know, out manifest our complaints. We got to stop the complaints first. So I'm thinking of when we're in that complaining role, there's two parts that come to me that it is the victim mentality that life is happening to you, not for you. But also Mm -hmm. there's that component of it when someone is holding the energy, let's just call it of complaining. Mm -hmm. It's also the energy of wanting to process something. So what do you tell to your clients that are how Mm -hmm. to like, almost like either shift that energy or be with themselves and be with it in a different way? Because I also think um, habits we have, whether it's, um, you know, for me, one I've had to break is just spending too much time on the phone that gets in the way of my doing my work. It, but that's a habit, right? And I told myself for a long time, oh, you do it. You're doing it again. You're doing it again. You're doing it again. So it was very lack-based um, making progress in it, by the way. But, um, you know, that example of just needing to go in and kind of um, change that, like, but I lost my train of thought a little bit there. Well, yeah, you were talking about complaining and what 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 people say when they say like, but I need to vent, right? Yeah, That's right, right. Yes. Is, okay, but I need to vent and it's healthy to vent and it's healthy to feel all my feelings. Well, and sometimes I'm like, well, vent away if you want more of those things. 
Mm-hmm. But if you don't want more of those things, then don't vent. Yes. And mm-hmm. of course, the if you can't not, then the key is keep it brief. Mm-hmm. Very, very brief. As yeah. minimal as you can. And don't give it a lot of emotion. So I do a complaint-free challenge at the beginning of all of my courses and trainings because it's the number one thing that we want to turn around mm-hmm. in order to start manifesting. And so during those complaint-free challenges, we focus on there's always a way to vent or to state something that is an observation or a fact, but not a complaint. You know, um, if I have my kid at school and he's having a really hard time with the teacher and I want to say to the teacher, I feel like you're being extra hard on him. There's a way to do that articulately without a complaint. Mm-hmm. If I'm like, how dare you? You are so awful at this. Like, that's a complaint, right? I'm using exaggerated words. I'm getting into a feeling of emotion of it. That's what we want to avoid. Yeah. But not complaining doesn't mean that we just have to be a doormat and like sit around and take right. stuff we yes. shouldn't be tolerating. Yeah. You can say, you know what? Um, I, you know, to that teacher, I feel like you're being hard on him. That's not a complaint. That's an observation. It looks like to me in my experience that you're being hard on him. Mm -hmm. So what can we do in order to improve this relationship? That's not a complaint. Like people always end up saying like, yes, but if someone's mistreating you, you can, I go, no, no, you can be articulate. You can, you can even be angry and not complain. You can say, this makes me really upset. If you're purposeful and articulate, that's different than a complaint. A complaint has emotion. A complaint has has a fixed mindset. You know, a complaint mm-hmm. doesn't have a solution focus. So, yes, we can change it to be an observation or a or a statement or a fact instead of a complaint. And if you must complain, you keep it really brief. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, I'm so overwhelmed right now lately. I'm so overwhelmed. Oh my God. Okay. Let me shake that off and let me climb back up and let me focus on what I do want. Yeah. Because brevity is 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 magic when it comes to that kind of stuff. Because we're never gonna not complain. We're never gonna not have a mini pity party. We're never gonna not go, oh my God, my husband is so negative. How is he even how did I attract this guy? We might still go there, but our the point and goal is to keep it as brief as possible. I love that. That's because good. I'm not going to keep focusing on it because I don't want more of it. Yes. And, if, and when yeah. In order to the universe, then the order, the, the universe goes, what's that? Your husband's negative. Okay. Cue the negative husband. <laughs> Make sure that everything she sees is how <laughs> negative he is. Wait, she just did it again. Make it bigger. Make it bigger. Make it before work and after work. Yes. Okay. She just said it again. Make sure that he calls her and texts her negative things. Mm-hmm. That's what it's doing. So it's a mirror. It's a, it's, it's, a it's mirror. an order. Yes. It's, it's an, order. an order that is immediately fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It makes us laugh. Right. And, but when we're in, but it, I'm That's hearing you doing. say, and it moves someone from disempowered to empowered. So the brevity, the brevity is good. I like and that. The, the friend who was, you know, with the tennis matches, Mm-hmm. Do the the match. Make sure she loses. Like there's there's a story because I was talking to another friend about it. There was a story that was like, oh, and I played with her once, and it was like, we we lost first match, and then we won the second match, and then like something happened where like literally 
they got interrupted in the middle of the game that they were up and they ended up losing. Like it was like the universe conspired to yes. make her lose enough. <laughs> you know, right. like that's how powerful we are. Mm. That's how mm-hmm. strong the universe listens to our orders. It gets instantly delivered in a very powerful way. So oh, be careful yes. what you complain about. Be careful what you wish for because it's all placing orders, right? Mm-hmm. 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 And it's a re and to give ourselves compassion because it's all a retraining of yeah. It, it's our essential nature. We were born this way and then trained away from it. So it's remembering and relearning. Yeah. And it's good to remember that we have like a negativity bias. We are, we are wired for negativity. I hate knowing that I, but it's the facts. Like when I would, you know, learn that and read books on that, I'd go, no, 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 no. I want it to be different. I want Mm -hmm. us to be wired for happiness. I want us to be wired for positivity, but we're not because, you know, we have this fight or flight brain and we're wired to keep ourselves safe and to protect and to, to be suspicious and to, you know, be aware. And so we are wired for negativity. We have to rewire ourselves for positivity. It takes Mm -hmm. work. It takes Mm -hmm. tools. Mm -hmm. It takes um, consistency. It takes new habits. So I do find some empowerment in that too, to go, Oh, okay. I'm not broken. Mm -hmm. You know, we are all this way. And yet I, I am empowered to change that. We have neuroplasticity. We can change that wiring, but to know that, oh, this is how the computer is hardwired. Okay, well, I can rewire the computer and I can put in all this software, all these tools to make the hardwiring different. Mm-hmm. That's good to know mm-hmm. and empowering, like you said. Yeah, and that how we are also conditioned to be hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say to the person who's like, Got it. Got it. Cause I think that's the nature of learning. We learn something, we get excited about it. We mm-hmm. start to practice it. We forget. And so is that, is that just a simple, like, just pick your, give yourself that. Okay. That's where you are. Pick yourself back up again, begin again. And so, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like that. You can't expect to play the guitar once every three yeah. weeks and then mm-hmm. expect to be good at the guitar. <laughs> I mean, it's consistency is key in learning yeah. You know, when we pick up these personal growth books or we take a course or we do a five day challenge, it really comes down to how can I consistently, you know, embed this into my everyday life? Yeah. And for me, that takes, you know, the tools and the community and accountability. I mean, Mm -hmm. accountability is how I have um, achieved everything that I've ever desired and accountability doesn't have to look like getting a happiness coach or joining a mastermind. It can look like having the right app on your phone that mm-hmm. helps you consistently have gratitude every morning. It can yeah. be, you know, the right online coach who gets you working out every day. You know, mm-hmm. accountability mm-hmm. is a key because we're so wired for the other thing. We can't yeah. expect ourselves to always have the you know, self-discipline and self-motivation to do it all on our own. We all have those intentions, right? We're like, okay, I want to, I heard about this new green juice and I want to make it every morning. Right. Well, you got to go out, you got to buy the stuff, you got to get the green juicing machine, but then Mm -hmm. you also have to work in the new daily habits of how you're going to prioritize that Mm -hmm. and make it an everyday thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It takes a lot of work and um, accountability is key. 
And it's possible. You know, I think that that's why I always see on your Instagram, it's like the daily dose, you say, Mm -hmm. and it's kind Mm -hmm. of like the things that keep you grounded on track, Mm -hmm. forward moving, able to support yourself, support your kids, support women, everything. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Daily doses Mm. of um, the tools, daily doses of the things that light you up, daily doses of reminding you of who you are and your power, daily doses of confidence, you know, daily doses of challenge because it creates change. Yeah. Daily doses is sharpening your tools. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say too, when you, when women begin to learn when they're in your groups or I don't even know Mm -hmm. if you individually coach much anymore, but is it just so beautiful to see the blossoming and then the opening and transformation that occurs right before your eyes. Yeah. It's why I do this because I'm in it for the transformation. I, you know, like you you don't get into this work for the money. You don't get into this work for the recognition. Like you're in it for the transformation, like for the women that go, Oh wow. Like my relationship is easier. And that go, I would have responded years ago like this. And now I'm responding like this Mm -hmm. and I'm teaching it to my friend and my family is noticing that I'm a different person. And, you know, I used to create so much drama and I used to complain and I, and I don't even attract that anymore. And, and now I'm winning at tennis. I mean, anything, you know, it's like, so it's such a big array of, the how we transform when we start doing this work yes we start manifesting our lives consciously to be shaped about what we want right we create a new roadmap and we start going down that road it is beautiful and fascinating and i have so many stories of like my clients over the years like manifesting really cool things and you know from like one of my clients who was a pilot and she wanted to ultimately take helicopter lesson training, helicopter flying lessons and, and buy her own helicopter. And she put it on a vision board in one of my masterminds. And like a year and a half later, she's like, I just yeah. bought the helicopter that was on my vision, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. some really tangible, fun things like that. And like, I manifested a lake house and to the things that are like, my relationship was on the verge of divorce and we've never been in a better place. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I look at my children in a different way than ever before, because, you know, I used to be controlling and they used to trigger me. And now I just radically accept them for who they are. Mm -hmm. And I'm just such a more grateful and loving mom, Mm -hmm. you know, those things aren't as measurable. They're not like a big tangible thing, but they are everything when it yeah. comes to our life experience. Yeah. You know? The the quality. I, I, well, the fact that you, I was going to mention named your book, you are a badass mom. And it's funny. I remember looking um, at some of your material, like a while back. And I, I think I saw a video of you and your husband with Dr. Shafali. Is that right? Was it like, it was some Mm-hmm. R- round table discussions. <laughs> yeah, it was a life class with Oprah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so then many years ago, mm-hmm. y- you then look towards your parenting. And I was so you're raising your kids in this home that's infused with a lot of consciousness. And 
how does that go when you're raising two? You've got two teens now? Yeah, 12 and 15, yeah. Do you see them? I mean, I know with my younger son, now it's like all these messages are laid out on the table and he's listening and everything Mm -hmm. we do is filled with more intention than ever. So I Mm -hmm. think it's a beautiful message to bring to the listeners today, just about our children Mm -hmm. and um, where they are really needing this. And um, I don't know if you're seeing any changes within the schools these days or. Yeah. Um, I wish I was seeing more. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're raising our kids with both, I would say, Mm -hmm. the both ends of the spectrum, because my husband is so radically different than me. And not that I'm better and he's worse. We're not. He has a very different, more realistic, more hard knocks view on life. And I have a much more, um, you know, open hearted, up level, limitless spiritual perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I think is so beautiful is my kids get to see that and they get to choose where they want to fall along that spectrum. You know, I mean, imagine only Mm -hmm. giving them this side. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be beautiful, but that's because I'm over here. Imagine only giving them this side. My husband thinks that's what they need because this is how you raise children. So I love the fact that they get to see both. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as much as I want to empower my husband in his strength to be the best version of him that he can possibly be, I'm not necessarily trying to get him over here. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. because I don't know that that would honestly benefit my kids in the long run. Mm-hmm. I know that they chose me and John mm-hmm. for this. Both sides. Well, and, both and, sides. and and, and the, the continuum. It's a continuum, right? Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. I love that in, in you, in you modeling, seeing him, then he's going to mm-hmm. see you more. So mm-hmm. it's a beautiful blending. I like, yeah. I like that you pointed it out and said that because I think, um, a lot of people are living with a partner who's, it seems polar opposite, but it's not the way we need to look at it. It's different styles coming in. We're coming from different families. How can we respect each other and, mm-hmm. and blend them? And and at the same time, use your voice for what's most important for you. Yeah, right. Express. Mm-hmm. Right. I hope in yeah. the end that I am modeling for my kids <laughs> radical acceptance mm-hmm. and boundaries, mm-hmm. like balance between radically accepting them and everyone in my life. I radically accept everyone exactly as they are. Yeah. And the boundaries to keep me safe and sane and to fulfill my greatest life, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I hope I'm modeling for them those boundaries and that they're learning that within, you know, how to have radical acceptance up for, you know, their teachers and their coaches that might they might love and they might hate, radical acceptance for their friends exactly as they are, yeah. and the boundaries that, like, if that doesn't work for you, you leave the friendship, you mm-hmm. know? That mm-hmm. doesn't... Um, you know, if the coaching doesn't work for you, but you want to stay on the team, you got to learn mm-hmm. how, how to deal with your coach, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I hope I'm modeling all that. My kids are so I I've never loved this parenting journey more than I do mm-hmm. as teenagers. Yeah. It is my favorite. And I don't know if it's just because of all this work that I've done for so long, but I can't get enough of them right now. Mm-hmm. I love it. And they're so not easy and they're not, but I love it. I'm like so ready for every challenge that is coming up and like, 
It's great. just really great. Mm-hmm. I know. I was I was thinking of them when we were talking about your greatest teachers because our kids, our mm-hmm. our partners, our own parents, oh, yeah. they're all yeah. our best teachers, aren't they? Right. Yeah. Right. All three of them put them up to the top of the list of all that. <laughs> John and You're like, not yeah. Wayne Dyer out of the not, way. <laughs> yeah. Wayne Dyer's gone. Neil yeah. Donald's gone. Those three. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. I do. I do think it's because of the work that you've done that, that you're enjoying these relationships so much because that's, um, I think where I came from, I had a real lack of boundaries and I wanted to do, I knew from when I had the kids, I didn't know anything about conscious parenting. I had a friend who, uh, she's the director of smart love family services. I've said this before, but it was all like really about, um, just unconditionally loving your children and to put it in a nutshell. And I wanted that so badly, but I didn't have the skills to do it. So I, I went through a lot of my life, not knowing the skills and and that's okay too. Cause even if we find ourselves and our kids are in their twenties or wherever they are, it's never, it's always the right time. I don't want to say it's never too late. It's always the right time to begin learning something new and mm-hmm. relationships can shift and transform at any time. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I agree with you. Story. Mm-hmm. We'll change the story about the relationship of the relationship relationships in my opinion are not beyond the laws of manifesting mm-hmm. we often think they are like oh well my husband is like this or my kids are like this and so i can't change them no yeah. but you can change the story that you have mm-hmm. about your relationship with them mm-hmm. and when we change that story we change our reality Absolutely. To look very different. And did they change or did we change? Like, who knows? Or, you know, they soften or we soften. But the reality with that person can change when we're willing to change our story and see things differently. There's a lot in there to unpack. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to say, you know, with relationships, whether it's someone's partner or it could be a sibling that someone's uh, kind of having conflict with, what's your idea about soul contracts? And um, or, a, you know, someone, a friend you've had for a long time, that's not really uh, working well for you anymore. Like, how do you feel like soul contracts is this idea that, you know, they well, are I'm writing a book right now called soul assignments. <laughs> so I have a lot to say about soul contracts, which I guess is similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my experience, soul assignments are some pre-assigned things that are soul decided to experience in order to advance our soul. Mm-hmm. So I had a soul assignment to sign up to be with my dad, my mom and my dad. I believe all of our parents, all of our you know parents, we choose yeah. for the progression of our soul. So we choose our parents for soul assignments. I had a soul assignment to lose my sister at a young age, mm-hmm. right? That kind of big, like overwhelmingly traumatizing, hard experience can't be anything other than a soul assignment. It happened for me. It happened through me mm-hmm. so that I might X, Y, and Z, you know, explore yeah. spirituality, like learn about loss at a young age, like know how to grieve and help other people grieving. Um, so we have certain soul assignments, like my meeting and my meeting, my, my kindergarten bestie, mm-hmm. You know, and having many decades of a friendship with her was a soul assignment and divorcing her on my 50th birthday was Mm -hmm. a soul assignment. Mm -hmm. So I believe we have soul assignments and there is a difference between a soul assignment 
call it a soul assignment or a soul contract, whatever, and soul creation. Like I created this friendship with you and I, I don't know that we had a soul assignment. I know we created this because Mm. we are like-minded, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I created some other amazing friendships to come into my life when I divorced that friend because I had a desire for friends that met my standards. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. And she didn't meet my standards anymore. I created the house I now live in and built it. It wasn't a soul assignment, you know, for me to have this house or build this house. Right. And I created this job that I have that I do is coaching and teaching. You know, it wasn't a soul assignment. Like maybe I have a soul assignment to be an author mm-hmm. or teach but I created the job that I now have. So yeah, yeah, I Mm -hmm. think we have these soul assignments, but I don't think we are victim to them at all. Mm -hmm. I think the key is to recognize our soul assignments, radically accept them Mm -hmm. and harness the power of them, find the gifts within them so that every soul assignment, good or bad, we see the gifts in. And that is, gives us power to then consciously create soul creation. I love it. It's inspiring. I'm excited for the book. <laughs> really yeah, I'm going to finish it by the end of this year. And I'm going to shop it around to publishers. I have a book agent that's really excited about it. So that's Beautiful. my big, yeah. And it's happening through me. Like as much as I like, sometimes I go, I don't know, it's a lot and I can't, and I try and pump the brakes and it just goes. So yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I think that one time when we were spending some time together, you had mentioned how in the beginning of the day, you'll, you know, say uh, uh, like a invitation or, you know, what, what am I meant to learn today? Or what am I meant to know today? Or what, what's meant to kind of even channel through me today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that kind of yeah. just, I always nice think for, about it like yeah. commu- communing mm-hmm. with the universe, right? We're, we're, yeah. we're conversing, we're relating and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Show me how. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So um, to this conversation, I don't know if there's anything that comes to mind as we kind of uh, close things out that we haven't, I know there's just a million things that we haven't covered. Yeah, but we covered a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah. Really exciting. Um I mean, I think the bottom line is that we are conscious creators And, you know, I say to my kids every night, you're the light, you're meant for greatness. You can be and do and have anything you want in this life, you know, Um, because years ago I was like, why am I not embodying this into my family? Why am I not saying this to my children? Why am I not being this? I'm, I'm doing this with these women over here. And then I'm going to my kids, get in bed, come on, get off the lights. You know, (laughs) like there's a disconnect here. So, um, that's, that's the big message, right? Mm -hmm. We are the light. We're meant for great things. We can consciously create anything we want. We can be and do and have anything we want in this life. Absolutely. I think the journey is just to be reminded of that all the time and live in that space. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. You know, I know when this episode airs, we're going to be right at the beginning or in between the holiday season, it'll be right in the beginning of December. Is there cool. any special message you give to, to women as we, or any individual listening that as we close out the year or 
ways we can bless or just anything that's a tradition to you at that time of year. I, I love the, how we see endings and beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm constantly focusing on how I can gain power through um, reflection, through wisdom and through service. And I know at that time of year, we're more focused on service than ever before, but like doing that all the time. I love the end of a year because we can reflect and um, look at what went well and what didn't. Like I've done that for decades and I do that within my programs and stuff. What went well? What didn't? What do I want to do less of? What do I want to do more of? Right. And then planning, consciously planning the next year because people don't do that then they spend more time planning one vacation and they don't plan their year or their five years or their life. Mm -hmm. So I really, really, really encourage you, um, anyone to, to plan more of your days, plan your years, plan your life because otherwise years go by and we don't do it. I agree. Look at the end of the year as a beautiful way to reflect and to plan, you know, for the future so that we can, make this life everyday life more sacred Mm. it's available Mm -hmm. to us um if we're just awake to it yeah thanks for spreading your messages i love it where can listeners find you stephanie um they can find me on instagram coach with steph with two apps and coachwithsteph.com is my website and i have lots of free Mm. resources and stuff on there well and i may have said it early in the podcast today but I love your Instagram because that you, you really do give a lot of takeaways. They're like short and sweet, but you can just take them and go apply them to your life, practice them, try them out, pick up your kid from school, play with it, any, Mm -hmm. any of the above. And I think that's really helpful. And I think that's what people are really looking for these days. So it's a Mm -hmm. good Instagram coach. with. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you. And thanks to the listeners for being here as always. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. You're so great at this. <laughs> it was awesome. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you love what you heard, please visit Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and share with a friend if you're called to do so. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching programs or join the Mystical Sisterhood membership, visit MaureenSpielman.com or MysticalSisterhood.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode.